Our first lesson comes from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. The fall of man and the first proclamation of the gospel. The text is printed there in the bulletin, or you can open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is the first lesson, and as we come to it, it's fitting and appropriate for us then to shift from this first lesson into our time of corporate confessing of our sin. Uh, this is when original sin was brought on us in the fall of Adam, and we are all like Adam, fallen in sin, and we are guilty and deserving of God's wrath and judgment. Yet because of Christ, we are given his grace and mercy, and so now we can come to our holy God, bringing our sin and finding his grace and mercy. So you'll find a corporate confession of sin there on the page four of your bulletin. Let us read it together, and then after that we'll go into a time where privately you can bring your sins before the Lord. Let us together confess. Almighty God, you who shaped out of nothing all that is, forgive us for returning empty-handed. You who called forth light, forgive our preference for the dark. You who sent John to be a voice crying, Forgive our unwillingness to say anything at all. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And having confessed your sins, hear these words of assurance from the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Our next hymn comes right out of that passage. That was just our words of assurance. So let us together stand and sing hymn 197, Comfort, Comfort Ye My People.
The second lesson is the prophet foretells the coming Messiah, taken from Isaiah chapter 7 and chapter 9. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Shalom and high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary man that you would weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwell in the land of deep darkness on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the, of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Our next carol is, Come Thou Expected Jesus. You'll find it in 196.
the third lesson, the prophet foretells the glory of little Bethlehem. <clears throat> Micah 5, 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth, then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we will raise up against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. <coughs> the carol is Old Little Town of Bethlehem on page 201 of your uh, hymnals. The fourth lesson is the angel Gabriel meets the Virgin Mary. We'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's stand and sing, Good Christian Men Rejoice. It's hymn 207. Please be seated. The fifth lesson, Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat. Starting uh, in Luke uh, chapter, four, uh, chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained uh, with her about three months and returned to her home. Um, join now with me in singing the next carol, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, hymn number 211.
the sixth lesson, St. Matthew and St. Luke tell of the birth of Jesus. The passages will be Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and then Luke 2, 1 through 7. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Then to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. If you would stand and we will sing hymn number 213, What Child Is This? be seated. 
the seventh lesson, the shepherds are led to the manger. Be reading from Luke 2, verses 8 through 16. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. You can remain seated, and we're now going to sing It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, hymn number 200. The eighth lesson, the wise men are led by the star to Jesus. This is found in Matthew, second chapter, verses 1 through 11. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. 
And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what the star had appeared, what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The next carol is O Come All Ye Faithful, hymn number 28208. Please stand with me. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, open your holy word to us and impress it upon our hearts for Jesus' sake and for our eternal good, we pray. Amen. The ninth lesson, St. John unfolds the great mystery of the incarnation. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. We've come to this passage of scripture as we've made our way thus far through redemptive history as we find recorded in the scriptures beginning with Genesis chapter 3 and now coming to this passage of scripture that that begs the question why is it necessary for Jesus to have both divine and human natures John 1 chapter 1 through 14 that we just read affirms the the divine nature of Christ Jesus is 100 percent God We just read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, verse 1. And then in verse 14, we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father. The Word, the second person of the Trinity, is Jesus, God the Son. Our Lord's deity is clearly acknowledged in John chapter But John also affirms Jesus' human nature. Look at verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The incarnation and the virgin birth are both key doctrines of our faith. The Word becoming flesh means God the Son is the incarnate Word. To incarnate means to enflesh. The doctrine of the incarnation affirms the eternal second person of the Trinity. God the Son broke forth in human history at a particular point in time and took a full human nature by subjecting himself voluntarily to human birth and to the limitations of dwelling among us as a man. From that point in human history forward, Jesus is one person with two distinct natures. He is fully God, and he is fully man, the God-man. I heard recently a theologian being asked a question. This was the question, does Jesus have Mary's DNA? And I would like to suggest a second question. If in the first century, when uh, Mary was pregnant with Jesus, if ultrasound technology was available would the scan show baby Jesus developing in the womb of his mother Mary the passage we just read in John chapter 1 resoundingly answers both questions yes and yes each human life begins in the womb at conception God sovereignly brings every life about Our Lord was conceived in the womb of his mother, Mary. Though Jesus began in a normal uh, way, conception, the particulars of how he was conceived was not normal. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, that was read earlier, Mary questions the angel about becoming pregnant while remaining a virgin. And remember the answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The doctrine of the virgin birth teaches Mary conceived a baby in her womb without a human father. She remained a virgin. The generation of this child was supernatural, a miracle 
by the Holy Spirit. The language in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35 describes the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary. And it's the same word that is used in Genesis that speaks of the Holy Spirit overshadowing in the day of creation. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. So this points to God being the Father and, and the baby his special creation. The miraculous conception by God the Holy Spirit ensures the full deity of the Christ child. While being born of woman in a normal manner means Jesus also had a full human nature. Remember what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. Jesus experienced human birth as we all have. That tiny life from the point of conception to birth matured in the womb of his mother, Mary. And again, if ultrasound had been available, the scan would have showed a baby. A baby developing in the womb, organs, fingers, toes, eyes, and a nose. In the womb, he was totally dependent upon his mother for life. The uniqueness of his beginning is the miraculous nature of his conception by the Holy Spirit. But this does not diminish his humanity. Yes, Jesus has Mary's DNA. And yes, baby Jesus would have been clearly pictured on that ultrasound scan. Jesus has a full human nature. And Jesus has a full divine nature. And thankfully so. Why is it necessary for Jesus to have both divine and human natures? This is why it's necessary. This is why it is important, because our salvation depends on it. A divine and human Savior is necessary for our salvation. If Jesus was only a finite man, his death could only pay for his own sin, a finite atonement. The biblical doctrine of the Incarnation teaches that Jesus was not merely a finite human being. He was also fully God. Thus, a divine person with a real sinless human nature that is of infinite worth. And therefore, his atonement is of infinite value and efficacy. He is able to save an infinite number of sinners. Our salvation depends on Jesus being both fully God and fully man. John's affirmation of Jesus as the God-man calls us to respond in faith. The good news of the gospel is throughout John chapter 1, and especially it is in verse 12. For the Holy Spirit through John assures us, for those who did receive him, that is Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of of God. There is salvation in none other than the God-man. Would you receive him? Would you receive his saving work offered? Would you believe in him? Would you trust him for salvation and in so doing become his son and his daughter? Stop and think about that. To become Almighty God, Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, to become his son and his daughter. Why? Because Jesus has both a divine and human nature. He has made it possible. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we offer our gratitude for the gift of salvation through Jesus. Work in our hearts, O oh Lord, that we would trust the Lord Jesus more. 
that we would rest on his saving work more, that we would love our Lord and Savior more and more. And we pray this in the name that is above every name, Jesus. Amen. Would you join me in standing as we conclude this Lessons and Carols service by singing hymn number 214, Angels We Have Heard on High. Lift up your heads and receive the benediction. May the grace and love of Christ that renews us daily and the love of God that enables us to love all and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit which renews us. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit make us eager to obey him until we meet again and until the Lord Jesus comes again. Amen.